Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. have this time together to place ourselves in an awareness of our divinity and the divinity of all life. Sometimes the way I think of it is about unhooking from thoughts of the past and unhooking from the attachments to what should happen or could happen in the future and bringing ourselves present into this moment now. For the purpose and the holy intention of our liberation. Yes. And as we liberate ourselves, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. So writing that thought, that high aspiration and intention, let's turn within and bless our time together. I invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing and to take a deep breath of gratitude with me. And we are literally inhaling inspiration and intuition and exhaling any attachments to the past, any attachments whatsoever, and invoking divine grace, invoking into our awareness the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and so thankful right now that we can call forth an awareness of our divinity, awareness of our true identity, and consciously set the intention to unwind, to unravel, and to disconnect from any attachments we have to a false identity, to thinking of ourselves as less than, to thinking of ourselves as better than. We're giving all of that up in order to know our perfection, our wholeness, our unity and oneness in God. So grateful and thankful to share the benefits with all. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So last week I was sharing about this uh, understanding of life as an illusion. And it's interesting because I get that question all the time, so that's why I addressed it last week. If, indeed, our human experience here on planet Earth is an illusion, then why do we bother? So that was what I was covering last week. And this week, what I felt guided to share with you about is one of our favorite lessons in the workbook. I say that because it's uh, one of the early ones, and people always say it was so helpful to them. So it's lesson five. I am never upset for the reason I think. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Now, this lesson has been so helpful to me over the years because I am someone who I literally thought for a long, long time, probably at least a dozen years or more, I thought it was my responsibility to be upset if things weren't the way I thought they should be. Because I thought it was my job and my responsibility to help others by being upset and not tolerating shabbiness and foolishness, and uh, meanness, and all the different things. So I, I could be mean to the people who were mean. I had all kinds of self-justification for being angry, upset, and irritated. And I fervently believed that I could not help being upset. And I absolutely believed that other people made me upset, that they were responsible for my upset. 
Now, many folks, when they get into new thought, the unity, science of mind teachings, these more awakened ancient wisdom teachings, they grab a hold of this awareness right away that you are not making me upset. These situations are not making me upset. And many, many people understand that as soon as they get into New Thought 101, Course in Miracles 101. Yes, oh, I, oh, that's a wonderful teaching. Yes, I embrace that. I believe it wholeheartedly. And yet, we continue to make ourselves upset (laughs) and blame it on other people, right? It just continues to happen over and over and over again. And I could be arrogant about it. And I remember in particular one time I was very arrogant with my mom about it. This was many years ago and uh, I didn't know it at the time, but I actually was coming down with a fever. And so I didn't have as much self-control or uh, heart intelligence <laughs> as I, I think I might have had otherwise. But my mom and I were having a conversation and I got triggered into some old stuff, old patterns of lack and limitation, lack and attack, separation. And she said something like, you make me feel so angry or you make me feel so something. And in a very sarcastic way, I said to her, you know what, Mom, I don't want you to feel that. I don't want you to feel upset. So since I have the power to make you feel things, I'm going to make you feel joyful. So right now, I'm going to make you feel unconditionally joyful. Go. Do it now for me. Be happy. Joyful. Come on. I I make you feel things. I'm going to make you feel that. I have the power over you. And, of course, she was like, that's not very funny, Jennifer. <laughs> and um, so I wasn't very loving. I wasn't very kind. And I think that, you know, some of us, when we come to these spiritual teachings, we grab a hold of them with the ego. Oh, we grab a hold of them with the ego. And the ego becomes in charge of our spiritual practice. The ego becomes in charge of our heart opening, as crazy as that could seem. And the ego becomes in charge of our spiritual knowledge database. And I know I I did it myself. I saw so many people around me do it. They either went into one or the other uh, spaces. So they either thought, I'm superior to all these other people people around me I know more I'm more spiritually mature and awake and enlightened and I have all this information because I've studied and read all of these books and I've been with all of these great gurus and teachers and I know so much more than these other people you know and some people and I was definitely one of them I sought to be the one who had the most spiritual knowledge of all my friends I wanted to be the one who had the most the one with all the most with the most spiritual knowledge when they die wins right <laughs> well no the one with the most loving heart is the one who is the most successful at living this life. And there's no winning and there's no losing in terms of anyone else, just in terms of our own spirit, our own soul, our own relationship with our divinity. So, I was uh, very egotistically driven about my spiritual knowledge, spiritual insight, spiritual wisdom. And I really had such a deep sense of insecurity that I wanted to be the authority. I wanted to know more than everybody else, and that was valuable to me. And I created so much extra drama and distress for myself. In fact, it it increased my self-esteem challenges by trying to pursue knowledge in order to be superior. So crazy what the ego will do. 
and with our permission, you know, what, where, what tracks we'll go on with, uh, a delusion that we're increasing our spiritual practice, but all we're doing is feeding the ego through our spiritual practice. Now, what I also know is, and I see this very often, is people will, even now I see people who are drawn, say, to take a class with me, uh, like my year-long Masterful Living class or my Finding Freedom class. Masterful Living is sort of a year-long practical, mystical expansion and walking the talk, living the love daily and finding freedom is my seven-week spiritual boot camp. And right now you can still join either class. So if you're interested in either of those, go to jenniferhadley.com and and read and look at what it says about those two classes. And... uh, but people will say to me, I really would like to take your masterful living, but I don't think I'm spiritually advanced enough. And you don't have to be spiritually advanced to take a class. In fact, I have found that those who truly are spiritually advanced continuously go back to the beginning. I know I do. I go back to 101 all the time. In fact, almost every day, I go back to the beginning, back to the basics. Because there's no more loving expansion that we can call forth than to continuously anchor ourselves in the unity of all life, and that is the beginning. So I'm never upset for the reason I think I am. If we're upset, what I have found for myself is invariably I'm holding on to some judgment or opinion and I think of those judgments and opinions as basically thoughts of lack and attack. And that's why I'm upset. So let's say I'm thinking that I don't have enough money to pay my bills. Common thought of lack or I'm not lovable. Something's wrong with me. Or I would like to start a new business, but I don't have the resources. I'd like to go back to school, but I don't have the resources. I'd like to live a life of service, but I don't have the resources. I would like to uh, shed some pounds and get in shape, but I don't have the resources. I don't have the willpower. Whatever the resources are, I don't have them. Thoughts of lack. Thoughts of attack, they're not good enough. They don't have the resources. They're doing something wrong. They shoulda, woulda, coulda, all of those thoughts of attack. So fundamentally, I mean, this this will help you hugely if you do the work and apply it, which costs you nothing. All it takes is your attention. If you start to... Every time you begin to feel upset, you look for the thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation. Look for them. Identify them. And notice your relationship to those thoughts. So if you consistently go back to the shoulda, woulda, couldas, Or the fear, I'm going to get fired. They're going to leave me. Nobody likes me. Whatever it is, look for the thought that you believe is true. And begin to ask yourself, is it actually true? Is it true, meaning truth with a capital T, or is it just your opinion. The truth is not an opinion. The truth is eternal. That's why the truth sets us free. The truth is liberating. It's healing. It's nourishing. It's restorative. Our opinions are none of those things. None of those things. Our opinions are not nourishing. They're not restorative. They're not healing. They're not expansive. They will never support us in abundance and prosperity. They will not support us in meeting the love of our life 
or being the love of our life. Our opinions will only create a sense of separation because that's what they're designed for. So what we can do, if we choose to, is we can look at our relationship to our opinions and why we value them. So lesson five, I am never upset for the reason I think. I'm going to invite you right now. First, I'm going to take a sip. I've got some espresso here today. Mm. Yummy, yummy, yummy. My, my daily blog is called Spiritual Espresso. And for those of you who don't know what a blog is, I'm just going to take a moment and explain it to you. Because a lot of people, they hear the word blog, but they don't actually know what it means. Because very few people explain it, and everybody uses it, but they don't explain it. So a blog doesn't really sound like what it is. In a certain sense, you could say blog stands for log, log like a journal. And so a blog is like your your daily journal in a sense. Uh, though for most people, their blog, if they're writing a blog, it is in some way informative, inspirational, motivational, informational. It's one of those things. And so my daily blog is inspirational. And I also aspire to be motivational as well. So I share what I've been learning on the journey. And you can subscribe to my daily blog totally for free at jenniferhadley.com. And it comes with uh, a link to my daily prayer, which is also totally free to listen to. And uh, so I invite you to participate in that and be one of... um, hundreds and hundreds, more than a thousand uh, prayer partners around the world. Join us. So that's at jenniferhadley.com. So what I'm, I'm, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And what it is, is looking for the reason I'm upset. If you would like to be free, of these constant upsets and irritations, you can make a spiritual practice around looking for the source of the upset. You're never upset for the reason you think. This is critical to understand. So we're going to take a break here, and when I come back, we will look at this a little bit more. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about Lesson 5, I Am Never Upset for the Reason I Think. And it says in the lesson, which is page 8 of the workbook, there are no small upsets. They are all equally disturbing to my peace of mind. And this is one of the things that we often do is we prioritize the upsets and we try to manage and cope with them, we try to manipulate the circumstances so we don't feel upset anymore. And that's doing it backwards. When we're trying to manage and manipulate the circumstances or the people, in a sense, they're the circumstances, so that we don't feel upset anymore, we're doing it backwards. The way to effectively, efficiently, and lovingly Support ourselves in no longer being upset is to immediately train ourselves to, like Pavlov's dog, like a bell going off in our head, I'm not upset for the reason I think I am. And then we can go, phew, phew. So, for instance, if you're waiting in traffic for the light to turn red, or for someone 
to make a turn and they could make the turn by your estimation, but they're not making it. They're holding you up and you're upset. This is a common thing. Not upset for the reason you think you are, right? So you might think that you're upset because that person is doing something stupid. So that's why you're upset. If they weren't doing something stupid, you wouldn't be upset. Or you might be upset because they are delaying you getting to your destination and you are already running late and you're feeling anxious that you're going to be in trouble because you're going to be late. So they are making you late and that's why you're upset because if you are indeed late, it could be jeopardizing your job or some other thing and if you lose that job then you won't be able to pay your mortgage if you can't pay your mortgage then your house is going to go into foreclosure and then you're going to have to go into bankruptcy and then you'll be out on the street and without a job and without a home and with a bankruptcy and the rest of your life is ruined all because this one joker in front of you isn't willing to make the turn when there's plenty of room for them to make the turn. You see? So we pile all of these opinions on top of the circumstances, and that's why we get upset. But even, even deeper than that, what it really is, is that we are choosing to identify ourselves as separate from the person in the other car. And if we think that our being late is going to lose us our job and set us off on a pattern of financial ruin and desperation, we are feeling completely unsupported in the invisible and separate from God. Feeling separate from another human being is feeling separate from God. Because there's only the one. So whenever we're upset, it's because we're choosing thoughts of separation. We're choosing to energize thoughts of separation. Either we're cherishing the separation in the form of, I am not one with that loser who's behaving so stupidly. Or we're upset because we don't think we are divinely guided and protected and supported and cared for. These are the thoughts of separation that cause the upset. And since we are one with everyone, it's not true that we're separate from that person who's behaving that way that we don't like. We are in an opinion, and that opinion is causing the upset. It's not what the opinion is. It's that we prefer to choose an opinion rather than remember the eternal truth. The eternal truth sets us free. It liberates us. The opinion imprisons us in a world of lack and limitation. When we choose thoughts of separation and thoughts of attack, then we live a life of lack and limitation. Think of that. That is, that's shorthand right there. That when you choose thoughts of attack and separation, you are simultaneously, necessarily choosing a life of limitation and lack. Thoughts of attack equal experience of lack. Thoughts of separation equal a life experience of limitation. All thought produces form at some level. We can't get away from that. Indeed, we don't want to get away from that. That is what our human experience is about. It's about experiencing what would we do if we had free will. Free will is an illusion. This is what I was sharing about last week. There is only divine will. We can't actually have free will except in this illusion. So this is why it's so important for us 
If we would like to have a happy, peaceful, harmonious, prosperous, and abundant life, we must take responsibility for every thought that we think, every choice that we make. And I absolutely know that in the beginning when that option first becomes truly available to us in our mind, many of us feel, oh, the idea of being responsible for my every thought and my every choice, that just feels onerous. That will crush me. I won't be able to feel free if I have to consciously choose every thought and keep focused on thoughts of unity and thoughts of love and compassion, thoughts of peace and harmony. Just think how crazy a dichotomy that is to hold in our mind. That the only way we can be happy is if we have permission to think thoughts of lack and attack and blame and shame. And yet, what are people suffering over? Thoughts of lack and attack, blame and shame. So you see, there's no winning if you're trying to play by the ego rules. There is no way to be successful or happy for more than a moment. So are you willing to trade being happy and successful or feeling happy and successful for a moment? Or would you trade that for actually being happy and successful for the rest of your life, for all eternity, and sharing the benefits with everyone rather than dragging everyone down with thoughts of lack and limitation, attack and separation. We each get to individually decide on a moment-by-moment basis. So for me, I love Lesson 5 because just that one single thought, I'm never upset for the reason I think, has been so helpful to me in forcing me to look at what is causing the upset. In fact, in Masterful Living class and in my Finding Freedom class, we put a lot of attention on this because people will come into class, um, they'll enroll in the class because they feel suicidal, because they're so unhappy and so miserable, and they have not been able to successfully manipulate and manage the circumstances of their life in order to make themselves happy for more than a moment, and they feel like a failure to such a degree that they want to kill themselves. But you know what? I, I, I was suicidal at one point in my life, and what I realized over time was not that I wanted to die, but what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to live in fear anymore. I didn't want to be miserable anymore. And I realized that I had no idea how to change the circumstances of my life, how to shift things in order to be peaceful and happy. How I figured it out, how I found myself on this path to a place where now I mostly feel happy and mostly feel peaceful is... I surrendered. I surrendered the opinions, the judgments, the thoughts of lack and attack, limitation and separation. I surrendered them. I surrendered them. And by surrender, I really mean it in two ways. So one way is I threw up my hands. (laughs) I said, you know, I threw up the white flag and I said, I have no idea what I'm doing here except I know I'm making myself miserable. I have no idea how to be successful as an adult living a happy, fulfilling life. I don't know how to do that. What I do know how to do is I know how to judge. I know how to formulate opinions and shove them down people's throats. I know how to try to coerce and manipulate everybody in my life to play by my rules. That's what I know how to do. I know how to try to control and manipulate people. That's what I know how to do. I do not know how to be happy. I do not know how to be peaceful. I do not know how to be benevolent. I do not know. So I surrendered thinking that I knew best because clearly I wanted to kill myself. And when you, when you just want to die, clearly you have reached the bottom and you can only admit 
you don't know. You don't know. One of my favorite stories is A Christmas Carol, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Because in a certain way, I felt like it was the story of my life in that I had no idea. You know, in that one night, Ebenezer Scrooge, he reaches rock bottom and he gives up. He surrenders. He surrenders thinking that he knows. He recognizes that he's clueless. And in in my favorite version of the, the movie version, my favorite one is the one with Alistair Sims from, I believe it's from the 30s or 40s, black and white version. And in the morning after everything has passed and he realizes, oh my God, it's still Christmas morning. I can still celebrate. He gets so excited and what he does is he, in the movie, he dances around the room and he says, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And he's so happy that he doesn't know anything. And he even says, I don't know anything, but now I know that I don't know anything. Before, on Christmas Eve, he was laboring under the illusion that he knew everything. He knew what was best for himself and for everyone else. And so he was living a life of total lack and attack. Even though he had abundance, he lived like someone who was desperately impoverished uh, to a certain degree. Wouldn't even allow himself a second piece of bread. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Have you ever denied yourself just the simplest of pleasures out of habit, out of being so enamored of trying to manipulate and control things? Have you done that? Oh, Lord knows I have. Oh, my goodness. Such suffering I created for myself. So, Surrender. Surrender. Now, another way to think of surrender, and this is what I teach in my classes and what I love, is think of it this way. Think of it like making an offering. And if you're one of my prayer partners, my daily prayer partners, and you're uh, calling in for the prayer or listening online to the prayer, then you know that I I talk about placing our concerns and our desires on the holy altar fire of God's love or on the altar. So we're, in a sense, giving it to God. And we're opening ourselves to the highest possibility in whatever that unfoldment is. So that we're consciously intending to not control and manipulate it. I think one of the most beautiful parts for me in Gary Renard's book, Disappearance of the Universe, is the part where Persa and Artin speak about the Song of Prayer. Song of Prayer is a little booklet that you can get. I'm sure you can order it from the Unity Bookstore uh, or the Foundation for a Course in Miracles, or Amazon.com, or wherever. Uh, the a song of prayer is what it's called, and it talks about prayer. And if you go to Disappearance of the Universe and you look in the index, I forget now which pages uh, it's on. It's like three eighty four or something like that. It's um, it's just wonderful what they write. It's just two or three pages. Uh, about the song of prayer and how to pray. And also there it talks about placing it on the altar, giving it to God, whatever it is. And standing in the awareness that the prayer will be answered, although not necessarily in the way that you think. And so this is why when I teach about prayer, I say we don't pray, pray for stuff. Because then we're uh, deifying this, the things in this illusion. 
all that we need is within us. The kingdom is within us. So what we're praying to do is remember that. And so if we're, for instance, having an experience of financial lack, it's not necessarily that we want to have money, although we think that. What we'd really like to do is feel abundant and prosperous and that all of our needs are met. And we're not because we're thinking the thoughts of lack and attack. So we can surrender the concern, we can surrender the desire and the fulfillment of it to God, holding in our heart and mind that our needs are being met by the divine, not knowing how, not knowing what it'll look like, not having an attachment to how it should be, but instead opening ourselves to divine support, love, guidance in ways that are beautiful and beyond our imagining. This is what we're learning to do. So it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on shop. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe-responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe-responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. We're back, and we're talking about Lesson 5, I'm Never Upset for the Reason I Think. So critical, because think of what it costs you to be upset. What does it cost you? And one of the things that has really helped me in healing the habit of being upset is realizing that 
there was something that I liked about being upset. Now, that might sound ridiculous to some folks, but think about it. Some folks, and I was one of them, some folks don't really feel tuned in and tapped into their divinity. They they ignore divine guidance and inspiration. They ignore their divinity. And so they don't feel tuned in and tapped in. They don't feel truly alive. And many people are engaging in all kinds of self-medication, all kinds of things to sublimate how they feel because they feel so upset. They feel raw. And so they feel kind of dead inside. A lot of times uh, it's amazing, but spiritual seekers will feel dead inside. They feel disconnected from life, from goodness, from really feeling awake and connected. So what they do sometimes in order to get a false sense of aliveness is they create drama. They become drama queens and kings. And so they're angry, they're frustrated, they're irritated, they're hostile. They feel responsible for managing, manipulating, and controlling everything. So they're constantly expecting things are not going well. Other people don't understand. Other people don't have a a sense of excellence. I have to explain everything. There's not enough time. I have to do it all myself. Everything's a burden. I'm never going to get out of this. So when we are really focused on trying to control, manage, and manipulate the circumstances of our life, we will feel burdened. And we'll feel upset from that burden. But we're the ones who are trying to manage, control, and manipulate. What is so noticeable to me is since I stopped trying to manage, control, and manipulate, things go so much better. Instead, I work in the invisible. I tune in and tap into what is the highest possibility. And how can I not make it happen? How can I allow it to happen? How can I align with it so that I am like a surfer riding a wave in total assurance that I am guided, guarded, and protected? How can I do that? Yes. And that is freeing. That's exciting. That's dynamic. That is fulfilling. But, Things are going to happen that will be unfolding in ways that I can't predict and I can't control. So this is why, to me, it's so helpful to place our desires and our fears, our worries, our concerns, onto the altar. So it's let go and let God. Now... I remember when I first started hearing that phrase, I used to attend unity services at Lincoln Center with Eric Butterworth. I lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and Sunday mornings I would walk down to Lincoln Center and uh, sit with Eric and Olga (laughs) in uh, Avery Fisher Hall. And that was the beginning of my experience of new thought back in the uh, early 80s. And when I would hear that, let go and let God, there was something about it that was comforting. At the same time, I had no idea how to do that. And I didn't know who could teach me how to do that because I didn't know anyone who was successful at doing it. I didn't know anyone who was good at letting go and letting God, including all the people who were telling me to let go and let God. How funny is that? So let's just talk about that for a little bit here. Letting go and letting God. So we're talking about placing things on the altar and leaving them there. 
leaving them there. Now, I recently taught a three-part class on prayer, and uh, you can get the download and the tra- downloads and the transcripts at jenniferhadley.com. And I also want to invite you, if you haven't already, I have a free call. It was really, in a certain sense, like a class or a workshop that I offered uh, recently called 2012, Taking Stock. So it's just supporting people and really taking stock of how are you doing with your aspirations and goals so far this year and how to do what all uh, enlightened, awakened people learn to do, which is to consistently and constantly course correct. So that free call is on the Finding Freedom page at the very top. You put in your email there and you get a link back to your email with the download. Uh, so I invite you to do that. But pla- placing things on the altar, the worries, the concerns, the desires. Uh, in the prayer class that I was teaching recently, I shared that many people will pray for five minutes in the morning. And in the whole rest of the day then, what they'll do is they will counteract that prayer. So, for instance, if you think of it this way, that that prayer that you did in the morning, that beautiful, peaceful prayer, was like planting a beautiful flowering plant in your garden. And it's going to grow to fruition and be so beautiful, bring benefit to yourself and others. How wonderful. But then, just a few minutes later, you begin the process of thinking, ugh, that's not going to work. It's not happening yet. Or it's not happening the way I think it should happen. Or I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. On and on and on and on. And all of those thoughts of limitation, all of those thoughts of not knowing how, wondering how, worrying. And, you know, worry is the negative use of your imagination. That's what Ernest Holmes said. Worry is the negative use of your imagination. So your worrying is using your imagination to envision things going the way you don't want them to go. So you spend a, or invest a few minutes in prayer in the morning in things going the way you'd really like them to go. And then you spend the entire rest of the day tearing it apart, trashing it, and <laughs> stomping all over that beautiful flower that you planted in the morning. Now, fortunately, our prayer Our positive thoughts and affirmations are so much more powerful than the negative ones. But if you put only five minutes into planting and nourishing and nurturing that beautiful flower in your garden and you spend the next 14 hours trampling all over it, not only is that flower not going to grow, but chances are you're going to be fertilizing some weeds in some way or another, helping the weeds to grow through the negative use of your imagination. We are in charge of our thinking, and we are never upset for the reason we think we are. So when we're upset, we can take that upset as a reminder that we have forgotten to choose love and unity Instead, we are choosing fear and separation. Indeed, the feeling of fear is the byproduct of choosing thoughts of separation. So I invite you in this moment to think of a time when you were upset, or maybe there's something you're upset about right now. Something you're upset about. Can you identify what is the thought of separation? I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a deep breath. And continue to take another deep breath. Can
Can you identify the thought of separation? Can you identify the opinion that is the cause of the upset? So we might think that we're upset because our loved one is drinking too much and it's making them sick and we're worried they're going to lose their job or their spouse or their life. We can think that that's why we're so upset. But what if what we're really upset about is that we have given ourselves permission to think thoughts of lack and attack about our loved one? In other words, we're really upset because our love is unconditional. We're really upset because we are not being loving and supportive with our loved ones. Now, I'm not saying we support our loved ones in addiction and drinking. But it does not support their healing to think thoughts of lack and attack. What's healing is love. Love is the great healer. So training ourselves to look at and notice the feelings of upset and to some degree be grateful that we can notice that we're upset. And that we can smell that spiritual coffee and look for the opinion that we're cherishing and change our minds and stop trampling all over the flowers in our garden. Stop fertilizing the weeds and instead pull that weed up and place it into the light of day. Remember, the truth is what sets us free. So I invite you right now to place your hand on your heart, if it's not already. And take this breath of gratitude that we can awaken, we can remember love, we can be our true and authentic selves. We can know ourselves and know peace. That this is our divine destiny. The kingdom is within And we seek the kingdom first, knowing that all else will be added unto us. We are grateful and thankful to share the benefits with everyone and to let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, thank you. So good to be with you. I really love and appreciate you. And I invite you. Check out all the free stuff at jenniferhadley.com. Maybe take a class with me sometime. In the meantime, have a beautiful week.